Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Divabetic. Divabetic Podcast. I'm your host tonight, Mr. Divabetic. Thanks for joining us. We're back. We're celebrating our 20th year season of me selling my very first Divabetic t-shirt. We're celebrating the 20th anniversary of Luther releasing Dance with My Father and the 20-year anniversary of Luther suffering a stroke from mismanaged type 2 diabetes, which led me into my work in diabetes outreach. So thank you for joining us. I took a little time off at the beginning of the year, but I'm back and I'm kicking it off with a healthy lifestyle swap show tonight. Our experts are going to offer straightforward, simple, fun swap ideas for drinks, health monitoring, and self-care. Plus, we're going to share some style tips and words of inspiration to help you maintain a healthy habit. Are you ready to live your best diabetes life? Because Developing habits isn't always easy. Adapting a new routine can be tricky, especially if you don't see those immediate results. And we'll be tackling a few things in our hot topics tonight to give you some information about that current craze of weight loss drugs that are on the market right now. Our musical inspiration tonight is the queen of soul, Aretha Franklin. And, you know, during her lifetime, she was plagued with many years of up and down health. She was a chain smoking, alcoholism, obesity, and crash dieting. Not to mention in the later years of her life, she suffered from mismatched type 2 diabetes and an advanced form of pancreatic cancer. In 2015, Aretha Franklin revealed that she was living with type 2 diabetes, but admitted she hadn't always been successfully managing it. She said, I have diabetes really from years ago when I was really badly and grossly overweight. But now I'm back to my natural size, and I'm thrilled about it. If you're alive today, I'd love to have a conversation with her. The fact that our weight isn't the only factor involved in managing our diabetes. Unfortunately, I can't do that. And uh, I'll be talking later on with Patricia as well as my other guests a little bit about that and the focus that the world puts on our weight as the only priority when there's so many other things we could be working on to maintain healthy outcomes. Joining me tonight 
are Patricia Addy Gentle, Catherine Schuler, Lorraine Brooks, Marianne Nikolai, and Mama Rosemarie. And I'm so thankful they're all joining us and back on the show. And we're going to be featuring music from Aretha Franklin's Get It Right and Who's Zooming Who album, Sony Music. Straight ahead, we're going to dive into a hot topics discussion with Patricia Addy Gentle, Lorraine Brooks, and Catherine Schuler. But first, our musical inspiration, Aretha Franklin teamed up with Luther Vandross on two of her previous albums to jump to it and get it right before the release of Who's Zoomin' Who, which many said was her move to cover a broader range of music from dance, pop, to R&B. Here's the title cut from Who's Zoomin' Who, courtesy of Sony Music. You walk in on the cloud, doping for love. Welcome back to Diabetes Late Night. I'm your host, Mr. D. Babetic, and tonight we're talking about healthy swaps to help you manage your diabetes health. Next month, I'll be talking to nationally recognized nutritionist and diabetes educator, Jill Weissenberg, about pre-diabetes turnaround and tips to help you manage that outcome into better ways. And on deck right now, if you go to Diabetic, you can listen to my exclusive interview with former senior writer and editor of Jet Magazine, Clarice Waldron. He's talking all about his stroke and the recovery he's had. Now, experts recommend um, we focus on what's working in our diabetes self-care plan before overhauling our diabetes management. And later on the show, we're going to be talking about simple ways that could help you attain optimum health. But right now, there's so much chaos going on with the news today. I thought it would be fun to bring in Patricia, Lorraine, and Catherine to help me tackle some hot topics. So welcome back to the show, Lorraine. How are you tonight? I'm very well, Max. How are you? I haven't spoken to you in a, quite a while. I know. It's great to hear your voice. I'm doing great. And hello, Patricia from Atlanta. How are you? Hi, Max. It's so good to be back. Thanks for joining us. And Catherine Schuler, you're in the rack somewhere up in Harlem, I think, working on sustainable uh, clothing <laughs> swaps. How are you doing tonight? I'm swapping till I'm dropping. I'm fine. Now that the air quality's cleared up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're going to have to do a show about, you know, healthy habits around climate change are really important. All right, so um, Lorraine, you've got the first health, uh, topic tonight, hot topic. And, you know, I was watching the French Open last week because I am an avid tennis player. And Alexandra Zirov from Russia uh, was made it all the way to the semifinals of the French Open, which is incredible, but the drama wasn't just happening on court for him. It was happening off court because during many of his matches, he was battling the officials over injecting insulin courtside. They didn't think it was right. They didn't want him to do it publicly, and they wanted him to take bathroom breaks to do it, and you're only allowed so many bathroom breaks. So this really brought up this discussion about managing your diabetes out in public. I know you're living with type 1. What is that like, and what do you think about this whole situation? Um, I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yes, I am living with type 1. And, I, you know, in the beginning, when I was first diagnosed, I was very um, 
I don't know if it was ashamed or maybe embarrassed to give myself shots in front of people. Um, And I overcame that pretty quickly because I realized that, you know, there were going to be times when I would have to just give myself an injection. I, I didn't always have time to find the bathroom or, you know, make excuses or whatever. And I think for me, that was 40 years ago, by the way, I just celebrated my 40th anniversary, but um, <clears throat> it was a long time ago. And since then, I think people have gotten much more accustomed to people giving themselves shots and taking care of themselves. So, I mean, I think it's ridiculous that they wanted him to take bathroom breaks to do that. He only gets two bathroom breaks, I believe, in a match. And um, he said that he sometimes has to inject himself three or four you know, times during a match. So that would be a penalty for him to take another bathroom break. And um, I, I don't know. I, I just it, I, I just think that, that they were being very short-sighted and obviously don't understand what he has to do to take care of himself. Have you ever seen, like, dirty looks from people? Like, they think you might be shooting up with some other <laughs> substance or, you know, when you're out in public. I'm just curious. Have you ever had to kind of tell someone what you were doing or has that never been an issue? Um, it, I don't think so. I mean, in the beginning, I used to use syringes and I guess, you know, a syringe can look like just about anything. But now I use an insulin pen, so it's pretty obvious that it's insulin and not something else. But, you know, if you're using a syringe, I guess there are going to be some people who might, <clears throat> excuse me, who might make assumptions about it. But, um, you know, you, you have a right to take care of it. It doesn't even look my... like that. I mean, my brother, my brother is right. type one. You know, it's a, it's a pen. You wouldn't even know it. But, uh, Patricia, I do want to ask this question because he did make a point of saying injecting insulin. And, you know, if you watch one of those matches, it's so physical. I mean, the you know, it's grueling for both the men and women, especially on clay. It's considered the hardest surface. Uh, we all know that insulin is going to help drug, drop your blood sugars, and so is heavy activity. I'm just wondering, like, where you come, what are your thoughts on just managing your care? Because I think it only adds to the confusion when people think he might be taking insulin instead of, like, a fast-acting um, glucose or some kind of carbohydrate. Um, yes, I, I'm sure that question is probably in a lot of folks' mind. Uh, but I can see a need for insulin if, you know, with the heart play, even though you're physically active, you have a lot of adrenaline flowing. And so there, there is a reason right there where, uh, why blood sugars may be higher than usual. So I'm, I'm really not sure, but he should be following his doctor's treatment plan. And if insulin is indicated, um, throughout the games, then that's what he needs to do, and I don't see a problem with doing it courtside. Um, you also have to stop and think about is he testing, and so that's an, you know that's another thing. So not just to be injecting insulin because that's what you think you need to do, but um, during that time when testing was not as um, I guess frequent or easy, was not as portable. Um, not as it was more complicated to do a test, but I'm just hoping testing was being done as well. And you would have thought everyone would have known he had diabetes. I mean, for him to go on the court at the French Open, number six ranked in the world, 
and people, the officials speculate on what he's shooting himself up with, given the idea that a lot of sports athletes might be using drugs that aren't allowed. But it just seems to me like no one has ever known that this man in particular had type 1 diabetes. It's kind of strange. Uh, to wrap this up, though, Lorraine, I have to ask, is he inspirational? Because I just find that someone making it, dealing with all of that and making it to the semifinals and almost winning the title, it, it's amazing to think what he's capable of doing to me. I'm just Absolutely. wondering what your thoughts are. And there, there are a couple of um, football and baseball players now who are type 1 diabetics, and there's one player, I forget which team he plays for, who um, even wears an insulin pump while he's playing. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I think the message is you can do anything you want in spite of having type 1 diabetes, and I think that's really a good uh, message to send to, you know, especially to young people, that it doesn't have to stop you from living your life. Absolutely. I love it. All right, moving on to hot topic number two, Catherine Schuler. Weight Watchers acquired Sequence, a, tele- a telehealth operator that will be able to prescribe medications under the brand names of Ozempic, Wegovy, and Trulicity. How do you feel about this news? I mean, for so long they were pushing this point system, and now they're actually getting yeah. on the bandwagon with these popular drugs. Yeah, yeah it's, it's trending. And, you know, unfortunately, Ozempic, and the, that's a weight loss, uh, that's a drug that's prescribed for diabetics, and now they are having a hard time getting di- their medication because all of these weight loss um you know, it's gone viral on TikTok with the Kardashians saying about it. And I think one of the things that I've been reading up on, on it is is that it doesn't negate the behavior modification aspect of Weight Watchers uh, because there is a lot of that um, community and you can do this and the point system is based on, on you watching your um, intake and controlling it and um, – managing it properly, and that's really good because oftentimes you don't know how much you eat, and so keeping a food journal or a daily eating um, consumption, and the points is just easier way to track that. But the thing is is that um, I think without that behavior medication, because I've been reading like this this one influencer, Remy Bader, she uh, went off of Zempic, and she actually binged more, and she had a terrible um, backlash with her with her weight uh, gain, and she hadn't had that behavior modification. So the only thing I can think of is as long as Weight Watchers, which they call themselves WW now, um, as long as they keep that behavior modification because you are learning a new way of eating, and this drug is simply boosting and helping your journey in that and not make it so much on depending on the weight loss drug, but I think they're finding that people are are they 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 just don't have the they don't have it within themselves to find that motivation to join Weight Watchers because it's a lot of pressure because it really is up to you to make it work and this is kind of maybe seen as a crutch but if it if it helps and gets uh, you know people's management of weight down um, I know Gary Foster from Weight Watchers is very help, hopeful that this is – but you have to be assessed, too. You can't just go and they give you drugs and you get on the Weight Watchers program. You have to be assessed because this is medication and this is, you know, going to 
you know, change your metabolism, change your BMI, whatever it's going to, you know, it has to be monitored, and they just can't give that out willy-nilly. So, um, you know, I don't know if they're, if they're if you're, you're going to be able to, you know, join Weight Watchers and not do Ozempic or what's the other one, Manjuaro or Wigovi. 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 If yeah. you can't do or Elicity, whatever, you can't do those, um, can you still be on Weight Watchers and just do it without the medication? So, But they have a telehealth. But, Catherine, people. wait, let me interrupt. Is it is it an admission yeah. on any point of any part of WW or Weight Watchers that, you know, making this commitment to wanting to um, achieve healthier numbers, whatever numbers you want to talk about, the scale or your yeah. waistline or whatever, yeah. Uh, that they're admitting in some ways that there 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 is a need for more help. That it is it is difficult, and their program might need to have some support from other outside influences like this, these drugs. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like it just seems to me when I read it, it it was like a loss of confidence in their plan. I understand yep. that now, knowing that it's a weight loss depressed, and I understand how it, you know people want that immediate result to kind of keep them going. Yeah. So maybe it will lead them to the points and we'll ask Patricia about that in a minute. But I just found it a little bit challenging at first when I read it that the nation's largest weight loss program is yeah. now kind of moving yeah. into these popular weight loss drugs. Okay, so well, Patricia, have, here's oh, my question for fine. you. I want to ask you, Patricia, this. I mean, if why doesn't insulin have a TikTok video? Because in my opinion, from the 20 years I've worked at Divabetic, <laughs> Everyone is afraid of an injectable. Oh, I could never take insulin. I'm so scared of the needles. But here comes Ozempic and uh, the other one, and everyone's willing to go out and buy it and do it, and it's a weekly injectable. I don't, you know, like, so because it's tied to weight loss, is it suddenly the needle isn't a problem? Was that ever really an issue for people? You know what I'm saying? It's driving me crazy that people won't take insulin, which actually is a miracle drug, and yet they'll go out and try these drugs, like Catherine said, that they don't even understand what they're doing to themselves. And there's people without diabetes who are even trying them. Absolutely. I could, couldn't agree more. I, I don't understand it because, in my mind, needle phobia is needle phobia. And if, if you're afraid of insulin, you should be afraid of the other injectables as well. However, I do know that um, there are people who are willing to push past their pain if they think they can see some immediate results. And when it comes to diabetes, a lot of times, um, and it sounds almost backward to say this, but a lot of times, um, you know, if, if a person is not testing and not seeing what diabetes is actually doing inside or to the organs, they don't feel that diabetes is a threat. They don't see it as a threat. But they do see carrying extra weight as a threat, maybe not health-wise, but just the cosmetic issue involved or what, whatever their priority of, of losing the weight is. And if you can see immediate results, that might be one of the things that would drive a person to go ahead and to try something like that before they would be willing to do insulin. It's just a, a mystery. <laughs> I don't understand it either. So how do you uh, – you're going to get the final word on this whole uh, segment before we end. So how do you view this idea of Weight Watchers or WW 
taking on these weight loss drugs and for their programs? I am not exactly sure how I see it or how I feel about it. I do think that Weight Watchers has something to gain by doing this because they are increasing their following. They have people who are doing the point system as well as the people who are using the weight loss drugs. And so it's a win-win for them. They can incorporate different strategies, and the more that they incorporate, then the more uh, people will join the plan. So if, if, if there are those who strictly don't want to go into changing behavior, changing lifestyle, and they're in, more interested in medications, I would think they should be seeing a medical doctor rather than trying to follow Weight Watchers, but it's just my way of thinking. So Yeah, yeah like maybe, maybe go to the doc instead of get the doc on TikTok. I mean, go to your doctor. I mean, that's, I think I'll let, that's the final thought. People, if you yeah. want a healthy swap right, right now, don't watch TikTok for health advice. Or if you see it, then go back to your doctor, like Catherine Schuler said. Do your own research. Bring it to your doctor and see if these are the idea, if these will work for you and can be part of your toolkit. Yeah. Thank you all for Absolutely, being part of the Diva Better not, View. Everything yeah. is not intended for every person. So, yes, the doctor should have the final say. And I right, well, that's one way to uh, oh, we're going to come back to you later, Catherine. You can talk about that in a minute. Right now we've got Aretha Franklin on deck with one of the oh, hits yeah. that Luther Vandross produced for her. It's called Get It Right. Let's listen to this song courtesy of Sony Music. Welcome back to Diaries Late Night. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Benedict. Tonight we're talking about healthy swaps, and we're going to trade in the opinions for some inspiration with Lorraine Brooks. Hi, Lorraine. Hi again, Max. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm all revved up. I'm ready to go another hour on just the hot <laughs> topics alone. I mean, you got me. You guys got me going. I've been thinking a lot about you know. There's just so much going on right now, and I I feel like when you see those things, it's important for people to clarify that information because 20 years ago when Luther had his stroke, they just reported him having the stroke and they never linked it to mismanagement of type 2 diabetes. And that really bothered me because I have a family history of diabetes and I didn't know that diabetes could cause something like that. And I just really wanted them to change the headlines to read, Luther Vandross suffers a stroke from mismanaged type 2 diabetes. So people understood what is at stake when you don't manage your diabetes? Uh, yeah, that's that's a great message to send to people. I, I don't think that um, maybe they didn't want to make that connection. You know, you're saying this now, and I, I just realized that my grandmother many, many years ago had a stroke. My grandmother was diabetic. I don't know if she had type 1 or type 2, but she had a stroke, a, quite a major stroke. And I don't think anybody... Um, 
that I know of and nobody spoke about perhaps mismanaging or not managing her diabetes caused the stroke or maybe she didn't know she had diabetes and only found that afterwards. I don't know. But, um, I, you know, people didn't used to talk about those kinds of things even 20 years ago, which is not that long ago. So, yeah. And they, didn't, I and they really didn't. You, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, I was just going to say your your message is, is right on point. You know, if we don't talk about these things, then um, people won't know and they won't make those mm-hmm. connections. And that's the dangerous part. Well, I'll tell you, you wake up 20 years after and you're still as passionate as you were 20 years ago. <laughs> I wish right. I wish I could just lay it down. You know, I wish I could just lay it down, but it's the same misinformation and chaos is out there. And I understand one of the biggest problems for a lot of people is like right now in the world, like uh, Catherine said earlier, I'm in New York City too. You know, we're dealing with climate change, the forest fires. There's just a lot of things overwhelming people, the pandemic, who they lost during the pandemic, a change of lifestyle, living remotely. So taking on, even allowing yourself the thought of taking on a healthy habit can be overwhelming and a burden. But the thing is, like, it's just something I think we always feel better when we do something that we're actually giving ourselves a symbol of self-love. You know, when you when you decide to do whatever you consider to be healthy and make it a habit versus giving up something you didn't think was so healthy, I feel like you're rewarding yourself and just kind of patting yourself on the back. I think you're absolutely right. People are very overwhelmed these days with a lot of things. And then to add one more responsibility to that or one more thing to have to do um, sometimes that's overwhelming for people and they just can't take it in or they just, you know, uh, uh, they, they don't want to have to do another thing. Um, but, you know, just like when you're on an airplane and they tell you when the oxygen mask comes down, you put on your own oxygen mask first before you help anybody else. And it's the same thing with your with your health. You have to take care of yourself or you won't be able to enjoy anything else. Uh, and that, you know, I think that's an important message to send to people also, it's not just about, um, you know, what people want to hear. It's it's that you have to take care of yourself first and foremost. I agree. All right, so we're ready to hear what you wrote for tonight's podcast, and thank you for doing this. It's always great to have <clears throat> so, you on the show. Yeah, we were uh, – thank you, Max. We, we were talking about habits, and um, so it got me to thinking, of course, about habits. And about uh, getting older, you know, perhaps looking at your habits and maybe changing some of them and looking at some of the things that work and some of the things that don't work. And um, so I wrote, um, uh, I don't know if it's a poem, but I wrote a series of haikus. And for those people that that might not know or um, are not familiar with a haiku, a haiku is a poem, it has three lines, the first line has five syllables, the second line has seven syllables, and the third line has five syllables. So it's a specific um, form. And uh, that's what I used for this poem, which I call Habits. To do something once doesn't make a habit yet. You have to repeat. Some habits are good like eating our vegetables and counting our carbs. 
Bad habits die hard. Our choices become lifestyles and sometimes are poor. What is a habit? A behavior that binds us, but you can break free. To age with kindness comes from having good habits from when we are young. I don't mind aging because I have formed habits that serve me well now. I'm aging like wine, rich and mellow and sparkling. My habits paid off. I know I'm okay. I have worked hard to get here, and I will not quit. That's it. I love it. Love it. I want to go sit in like a cafe in Paris and maybe have like that scene from Funny Face where we're just all beaten at poets and you're up on stage. Yes, please, you. let's do that. <laughs> please, I don't think do I'm that. aging like, I don't think I'm aging like a fine wine though today. I just have to tell you before we move on that I went to see my doctor today and I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, um, I want to lose a little weight. I gained a little weight from the last visit. And she said, well, are you active? I said, I'm, I think I'm really active. And so I went on, you know, I'm like, I, I go for a walk every day. I'm doing this. I'm doing science. And she goes, you're not doing enough. And I looked at her and said, oh, come on. What are you doing? <laughs> My doctor runs marathons. <laughs> She's like, I'm running, I'm running five miles a day. I bike on the weekends. And then I go out salsa dancing. And I was like, okay. Okay, thank you so much. And then I, I started laughing, and I was like, she was taking my, uh, she was measuring my blood. She had to take my blood pressure a second time because I was laughing so hard. She said, why are you laughing? I said, I can't believe that my doctor is actually, out of all the doctors, I've got the marathon runner. She goes, okay, well, use me as inspiration. So, so thank you for doing that. <laughs> Thanks for being part. So I'm going to be exercising people. She said i got to do three more sessions a week, 20 minutes hard exercise to make a change. So that's my goal. We'll see how that goes. But thanks for being thanks on the show you. tonight, Lorraine. Always great to hear you. Thank you, Max. Straight, straight ahead, Marianne Nikolai joins the conversation to talk about healthy swap drinks. You know, sometimes habits need help, and the people around us can either help or hinder us from our goal. Aretha Franklin had 44 Grammy nominations, countless fans, and a voice that many called the greatest of all time. But at the age of 19, Aretha Franklin married her manager, Ted White, who allegedly introduced the singer to weed and alcohol. Her friend Ruth Bowen said that Aretha was so unhappy in her marriage that it turned into an alcohol, food, and cigarettes for comfort. Aretha was using booze to numb the pain of her lousy marriage. I don't know. I, I just think it's a testimony of like who's surrounding you and who's encouraging you. But I have a doctor in my corner who's now encouraging me, so that's why I wanted to share that. We're going to listen to another song before we move. Uh, we get to Marianne and some healthy swap out for drinks. Here's "Sweet Bitter Love" from Who's Him and Who album, courtesy of Sony Music. I just want you to know that you will remain. Forever here in my house, sweet, sweet bit of love, the taste. 
Welcome back to Dogs Late Night. I'm your host, Sister Diva Bedick. I was imagining Aretha Franklin singing that song to a can of Pepsi. <laughs> Sweet, bitter love. All right, my next guest. It's been so long since we've done a podcast that my next guest thought it was a video call and put on lipstick. So I'm welcoming to the show Marianne Nikolai. Hi, Marianne. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Hi Max. Here I am. Oh, can can you just see her sitting at the piano singing "Sweet Bitter Love" to that Pepsi? Because that's a bad habit there. I'll tell you right now. And you know, many many of us focus solely on what we eat, forgetting what we're drinking. Right? I mean, some of the most popular drinks, including what I just said, soda, fruit flavored drinks, flavored water, sports and energy drinks, and even coffees and teas from Starbucks with crazy names that you know don't even defy the idea of what a shake is. Uh, could really cost you a healthy habit. So, Marianne, let's talk about this because you really do believe that knowing what's in a drink could make the difference between helping or hindering you with achieving that healthy outcome. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I always, I always tell people that I don't like to drink my calories or my carbs. I'd rather eat them instead. But um, some of the carbs, some of the things that we drink are just packed with sugar or non-sugar sweeteners. And you may have heard or read recently information from the World Health Organization that's telling us, among other things, that we already eat too much ultra-processed foods. And those can lead to problems like diabetes or heart disease or blood clots. Um, the added sugar, and specifically, they address the issue of non-sugar sweeteners which are sugar substitutes. And they, they kind of zeroed in on a specific one, sucralose or Splenda in the yellow packet, um, are all very common in processed foods and may contribute to these health concerns. Um, now, there's not enough research to say that there is a cause and an effect, but there is enough reason to be concerned. So the World Health Organization and other organizations like the American Heart Association and the American Diabetes Association are all recommending that we cut down or cut out added sugars. And now they're even looking at these non-sugar sweeteners. So um, that really What does a, that leave? What, yeah, what does that leave us with? The garden hose, Marianne? Not and I go to the garden <laughs> You know, I had, uh, preparing for my, my virtual meeting today, I have all of these samples of different bottles of beverages that I was going to show you. And of all the simple sample bottles that I have, there is only one bottle, and that is um, a sparkling ice water, which has, um, it has nothing in it except water, flavored water and vitamins. Everything else has um, a sugar substitute or sugar in it. So it's like, what's a person to do? Um, 
Now, it's, this is also interesting to me. The American Heart Association recommends that we get, for women, women, no more than 25 grams of added sugar per day. That, that's equivalent to about six teaspoons of added sugar. For men, it's a little bit more, about um, 36 grams or nine teaspoons of added sugar. Now, you can find that gram information on a food label underneath total carbs where it says added sugars. It'll tell you the uh, gram amount, not the teaspoon amount. But this includes the added sugar that's already in the foods that you're eating. It doesn't mean just you can add up to six teaspoons of sugar to whatever you're eating per day. This is what's already in the, the foods that we're eating. And... Um, and that's Diet a pretty type. hard thing to do, right? I mean, that's yeah. I mean, so it's, uh, it's not a it's not a pint of Hagen <laughs> What you're talking yeah, it, about, it's much lower than that. So when you right, what, um, what and, are some of the popular like what are some of the sodas and fruit water sugar content? Just so people have an understanding that maybe just so by having that like, Coca Cola um, or that. A can, if you were having a 12-ounce um, glass of regular pop, let's just say um, a can of dry ginger ale is what I kind of like to have. If I have a 12-ounce glass of can of dry, I have nine teaspoons of sugar in that 12-ounce glass of regular soda pop. So that, that's, that takes care of me for the day right there. If I have some vitamin water, depending on the kind of vitamin water I, I'm drinking, I may not have any at all. But I can have up to um, 27 grams in a 20-ounce bottle. That's almost seven teaspoons of sugar. Um, a Starbucks mocha frappuccino, the, the bo- um, jars or bottles that you can get at the grocery store, that has 22 grams of added sugar for a nine-and-a-half-ounce bottle. That's five-and-a-half teaspoons of added sugar right there. So having any one of those beverages pretty much knocks you out of the race for the day. Um, and and so, then you have to start adding in, like, what you ate for breakfast, what you ate for lunch, what you ate, anything past that is already is, – is what you're talking about, about going over. You know, that's way over. So no sure. one's just eating – no one's just having that nine-ounce frappuccino in a bottle, and that's it for the day, nor should they. But, I mean, that, that, the reality is that. Yeah, if you're having a salad dressing or a salad, the salad dressing has added sugar in it. If you're opening a nice jar of pasta sauce to have a quick meal in the evening, that pasta sauce has added sugar per teaspoon. Um, even if you're um, having a can, opening a can of baked beans for a picnic, those baked beans have added sugar in it. So it's added sugar is in whatever we're eating, um, and we're also seeing a lot more non-sugar non-sugar sweeteners in the foods that we're eating. My husband was real proud of himself the other day. He said, well, I got this can of baked beans, and it, uh, it has no sugar added to it. And he said, I really like it. I'm going to keep buying it. And so I picked it up, and I looked at the ingredient label, which is right under the nutrition facts label, and no, it didn't have any types of added sugar, but it had sucralose added to it. And, you know, it's like, okay, dear, but this is something that we're being told to keep our eyes on um, right now. So it's still got something in it. You need to decide what you're going to do. All right. So, Marion, this is really navigating the minefield for people because, you know, yep. so how, yep. what, is there, is, what would you recommend? Because this, 
this is the kind of thing that would lead someone back to 7-Eleven and just get the big gulp with whatever they wanted and say, uh, for better, for lack of a better word, screw it. You know what I mean? Because that's the yep. kind of frustration we yep. know we're dealing with. And uh, let's just be real. So now if we're going to, if we can't do the, everyone pretty much knows you can't do the fruit juices and like you said, energy drinks. I mean, you could do them, but you need to, you need to put them into your meal plan and be aware of how much added sugar you're having. But if you're thinking now that you don't really want to do the diet, what would be considered labeled diet because of all these sugar substitutes, what what are you aside from regular water? What are you left with? Um, you're left with not a whole lot. So what I um, I have <laughs> At least you're with water. Yeah, you're left with. Um, we have Lake Erie Pop on the rocks in our house, which is ice water. But sometimes you get tired of just water, and I get that. I I get tired of it too. So here's what you can do: um, you can make your own flavored water. And you can do that using any kind of fruit, some vegetables. You can use it with herbs from your garden. Um, I like to do it with fruit. As a matter of fact, I have a lovely glass here in front of me with ice water and sliced grapes in it. So my water has a nice, light, grapey taste. And what I do is I'll take the fruit, whatever it is, rinse it, dry it off, and then I put the fruit, if, it, if I'm not using fresh, I'll put it on a piece of wax paper on a tray and put that in the freezer and let it freeze. And then I, when it's frozen, I take that and put it in a freezer bag. So I always have some type of frozen fruit in the refrigerator, whether it's sliced oranges or sliced lemon or lime or grapefruit, um, grapes. And then when I want something in my water, I take it out, I put it in my water, it kind of acts like an ice cube fill up my glass, and I have flavored water. Or I can take fresh fruit. Oh, wait. I love, I love that. I'm, I have grapes in my refrigerator right now, and when we finish this podcast, they are going in the freezer. You, in the fr- I, I'm a believer, Marianne. I know this would have been an amazing video call, but I'm a believer just from that description. <laughs> you got me on the frozen grapes. That's a great tip for people. And wait, you know, can we just can be all- honest? Like, just being yeah. aware like just if your healthy swap out right now is is just becoming aware of of reading the nutrition label like you did with your husband with the baked beans, yeah. that's also moving the, moving you forward. I mean, the next step is to decide when you see that information what you're going to do. But just becoming aware is also a step in the right direction. Would you agree with that? I think so too. When you when if you know something, then you can do something about it. That information is powerful, and that's what can help us. Now we know. Okay, what are you going to do about it? If you do anything right. at all, right? So you, you could you could we could break this into smaller pieces, and people could you know just start reading the label, becoming aware before you begin modifying anything, just so you're kind of have a sense of what's going on out there in the grocery aisles. And then you could begin, and maybe you are just rotating in a uh, a glass of water with frozen grapes instead of having any of the other beverages we talked about. That's a that's also a great swap out. You know, like put one or two of those into your uh, daily routine versus feeling like I can't do any of it, right? I mean, because I don't want right. people who are listening to feel like this is just come on. You know, let me. I want to have a life here. Right. And, you know, and like you said, it's um, working to now you know. So, okay, maybe I'll use less of this. Maybe cutting it out 
totally for my diet isn't doable. And I think that's a practical solution. When I do a, a kind of an audit of what am I eating, and, you know, I write out my food diary every now and again just to keep myself in check and see what I'm eating, I find that I don't use a lot of sugar substitutes. So if I use two or three, or, you know, one or two packets a day between my cup of hot tea in the morning or my several cups of hot tea in the morning, I'm okay with that. I'm not using a lot of other sugar substitutes in other foods that I'm eating, although we are finding that it's kind of hidden in some of those foods, so you've got to read that label. But, you know, if I use one or two packs a day, okay, I'm okay with that. I can use water and flavored water and other things that I do, but that's okay too. As long as we're cutting back and being aware, um, that's kind of half the battle. And it is hard to cut everything out. And you don't want to be um, left feeling like, well, what the hell? And, and just going off and, you know, like you say, kind of what the hell and just go full tilt and, and drink whatever you want. That doesn't do us any good either. I agree, and that was great advice because part of it is like, you know, if you do have a slip-up, you were just saying, like, forgive yourself, allow yourself, accept yourself, get over it, keep going, stay on that path to do it. Great segment. We are going to host a video call with you. Uh, I will host this call so people can see those things, and I will bring my frozen grapes on that call, Marion. Thanks for being a part of the show tonight. You're both welcome. All right, on that note, because now we feel like we're all free, let's go to Freeway of Love with Aretha Franklin. This won her her 12th Grammy Award, Best Female R&B Vocal Performance. She teamed up with Sylvester. Wow, happy pride, everyone. Martha Wash on the backing vocals, and it featured Clarence Clemens on the saxophone. Here's one of her biggest hits that made Aretha Franklin an MTV video star. Let's listen to Freeway of Love, courtesy of Sony Music. Do you see a vision in white? I did get your face so tight. Don't know what you're doing, but you must be living right. Yeah. Oh, we got some places to see. I got all my memories. Jump in. It ain't no sin. Take a ride in my machine. healthy swaps with my team, giving you some fun, fun, simple ideas for making healthier choices in life in general, I guess is what we're talking about. We just had a great segment with Marianne. I'm looking forward to getting right back in that conversation with Patricia Addy Gentle. You know, um, as long as you take on a healthy habit with tender, loving care and treating yourself kindly, I think you're right on the right track. And one way you could do that is sometimes you could the medical devices could be piling up. There might be some new technologies out there that could help you attain your healthy outcomes. So let's talk to Patricia about what's on the tech radar for us to help us monitor our health in better and, and easier ways. Welcome back to the show, Patricia. Thank you, Max. 
Now, I have been doing some research to get ready for this podcast, and I saw that the Apple Watch makes all these claims that it's a medical device. Do you agree or disagree with that from your research? Um, From my research, I am beginning to feel more and more that the Apple Watch is a great component to healthcare, a great companion. As a matter of fact, I'm just reminiscing and thinking about seven, eight years ago, my husband decided everybody in the house needed an Apple Watch. And he bought one for himself and tried to buy me one, and he bought and gifted one to each of our girls. I refused, and I still refuse. He has asked me probably four more four more times, when are you ready for your watch? And I kept telling him, I don't want an Apple Watch. I have the iPad, the iPhone, uh, Apple computer, and what can this watch do that these other devices are not doing? And so during my research and looking um, um, into how Apple Watches are convenient to health, it really triggered my mind that maybe having a watch is not such a bad idea. I love it. So what, what, what were the, some of the things that popped out to you that you were like, aha, this could, uh, Morris, I think I'm ready for one. <laughs> oh, you know, three years ago during, well, I guess it was about four years ago, my granddaughter is three now. And uh, during my daughter's pregnancy, she was using her Apple Watch as usual, and she got a trigger that she had a increase higher than normal pulse rate, that her heart rate, you know, had increased. So when she brought it to her doctor's attention, because she got alerts two or three nights in a row, and she brought it to her doctor's attention, and they kind of, you know, didn't listen at first, and they were saying, oh, those Apple Watches are always triggering alerts, and I wish people would stop um, relying on them and taking them for face value uh, every time they get those alerts. But on further investigation and examination, she was having heart rate increases during this pregnancy that would range up to like 120 beats per minute at rest. And so she was sent to cardiology, and she was given, um, you know, beta blockers, and they had to treat it. So I started then thinking, well, that's a significant finding, and I guess maybe I should have a little more confidence in it. But since that time, realizing that, especially during COVID, when I started realizing that people were using these to um, monitor their blood oxygen level, I thought, you know, that might be a good device. So more and more I'm finding things that you can really use this device for that are medically related. And I think more and more I'm getting ready to say I'm ready for my watch. (laughs) I love it. But, I mean, how do you feel about blood pressure? You and I have talked a lot about hypertension, high blood pressure as as it's linked to diabetes. And I'm just curious, is the Apple Watch something that I could use instead of just going to the doctor and having my blood pressure checked like I did earlier today? No, to to do your blood pressure, you're going to have to use an inflatable cuff on the arm or 
There are cuffs that they use on the wrist, uh, you know, other areas of the body, but you will have to um, use a cuff to monitor blood pressure. The Apple Watch cannot be used for that. Now, I don't know what's coming along, but right now, um, today's date, it cannot it cannot monitor a blood pressure. And how about our blood sugar levels? Is it something that someone could use that instead of, you know, checking their blood sugars with their their a regular monitor? Well, Apple has announced that they are making major progress uh, with using a non-invasive blood sugar monitoring technology. So that would, if that were to come to pass, then yes. But right now, I don't believe that technology is available. Um, several years ago, I was introduced to some non-invasive technology for blood sugar monitoring. So I can see that this is something that is probably pretty credible and that it will be available soon. Are you specifically referencing the uh, continuous blood glucose monitors, CMGs? Not really. Uh, I I saw some monitors at a trade show, a diabetes trade show, that were, um, I'm trying to remember, it was something very similar to a um, pulse oximetry where the finger was put, was placed into the machinery and they were able to read the blood sugar through um, the cellular fluids. So it was not the continuous glucose monitor. Wow, that's but very I mean, you know, similar. Again, I, again, it just makes me think like people don't want to trick themselves because you know they don't like to jab a needle. And going back to our earlier conversation, interesting when you tie it to weight loss, people have no problem with an injectable. It's just crazy. So uh, that was just a tangent that I'm allowed to have occasionally. Can it re- can it replace a uh, can the Apple Watch replace a wearable medical alert device? People always want to know that on our social media. Yes, there is some. Um, uh, it, it it does have the capability of detecting falls, so it can uh, replace the me- the uh, wearable medical alert device. It has GPS technology and it uses satellites to pinpoint locations for emergencies uh, with the push of a button. So all Apple Watches can be used as medical alert devices, and certain models even offer extra features in addition to ones that we've talked about. And, again, this is a healthy swap. Like, I wear a watch every day. Switching to an Apple Watch versus a regular watch to get all these extra uh, features is not that difficult. I mean, no one thought they'd be carrying a phone around with them 20 years ago, and today we all carry a phone around with us, right? You know, like we yes, we, we have made significant we, – we make changes all the time. So when people say, I can't make a change, the reality is we keep changing. The microwave came out. The smartphone came out. No one ever – my grandparents would have never believed I could take a photo with a phone. You know what I mean? So these changes happen all the time. All the time. We adjust and we uh, can't live without our phones and a lot of other devices now. (laughs) And they all make us better advocates. So thank you, Patricia, for sharing that information. And I'll look forward to you posting a picture or being part of our video call when you could show off your Apple Watch. Because we're going to have a video call for my man. I will be sure to send it to you. (laughs) 
All right, we're going to take another break. And coming back, we're going to talk about swap outs and, and how you could do something that one of the funnest things to do this summer. Maybe you've got a closet full of clothes and you want to donate them or you want some new clothes. And uh, Catherine Schuler is going to join us to talk about this new exciting trend in sustainable fashion. But first, let's hear another song from this incredible album. I hope you're loving the music. Everyone should go to Spotify or their streaming app and listen to Who's Zooming Who. It's an amazing album. Here's another night courtesy of Sony Music. All my friends say, if I'm shattered. Welcome back to the second half of DivaBetic's June podcast. You know, summer nights mean summer events, but what do you wear? Especially if you're in between sizes. Do you spend the money on some new clothes? Donate the old clothes? Is there any other option? Well, my next guest, Catherine Schuler, is going to fill me in on the latest trend in clothing called swap parties. Welcome back to the show, Catherine. Hi, Max. How are you? <clears throat> I'm good. I'm doing... Before we get into swap parties, we you kind of gave us a cliffhanger at the end where you're talking about taking Bayetta. I want to know how Bayetta is working for you. Well, I I didn't do it anymore because it was pulled from the market. But my endocrinologist realized that it was too controversial. So uh, it did work. It did work for a while. Um, and I had a pen. It it kind of gave me a lot of bruising on my abdomen, uh, abdomen, and I didn't like that aspect of of the injection. Um, and but it was an appetite suppressant because it's a peptide, so it it keeps your uh, cravings down because it's actually uh, a synthetic uh, in, enzyme from the saliva of the Gila monster because <laughs> the Gila monster eats like a guinea pig and can go for like seven weeks with not having to eat after that. And they notice that it's because of this um, stabilized blood sugar. So they, they isolated this peptide and then synthesized it. So Bietta was really uh, a way to, a a way to do appetite control, which I think probably um, Ozempic is on steroids with that. (laughs) I don't need to mix my metaphors with drugs, but, um, it's like Bayetta on steroids, I think, because it. I, I went out with a friend of mine the other night, and he ordered something, and he couldn't even eat it. It sat there, and he said, I don't even know what to do with this. I have no appetite at all. So that was a very, I mean, I could eat on Bayetta, you know. So, uh, But I was amazed at the, um, the, the strength of something like Ozempic. Ozempic, you know, to be able to like not even be interested in food. So that's that yeah. Well, so, so I, for all these people on weight, for all these people on weight loss drugs or on weight loss programs, this idea of you know being in between sizes is a real issue. So tell us a little yeah. bit about this new trend called uh, clothing swap parties and 
why you think there's such a great uh, option for people right now. Well, I'm deep into sustainability now. Um, I, I kind of want to do for Mother Nature what I did for the plus-size woman. <laughs> so I am very interested in uh, all of the trending that is happening in terms of um, zero waste uh, and keeping our carbon footprint and uh, the impact we have on the planet at a, 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 a minimum. So one of the ways to do it is, and I make my class do this, take a, take a pledge to not buy anything new for three months. And what does that look like? Well, it's not new like with tags on it. It's new into your wardrobe. So that's where swapping comes in. And I love that it's kind of like we're swapping out foods. Now we're swapping out wardrobe, and it's not winding up in the landfill. It's not, you know, fashion clothing is not garbage, and we're, we're throwing clothes out at a record rate, and the landfills are, are, are just overflowed with all, most of the landfill is filled with clothing. So um, I, I think this is a great trend, and I work with the New York City Fair Trade Coalition, and uh, everybody thinks fair trade just means coffee and chocolate, but it's a, it means equality, and it's equality, and I mean, the planet needs a good lawyer. <laughs> but I All right, think but that, how, how does this how does this work? Do I take a bag of, you know, 10 items that yep. I from anything yep. from a t-shirt to my yoga pants yeah, to New, like my uh I don't know. Yeah, the, the New York Fair Trade Coalition works this way. Um there's a center up in Harlem where we started, Mac, um 1795 Lexington and it's the sustainable uh, fashion Community Center. So it's the F- SFCC. And uh, Chashima gave us the space. And Chashima doesn't charge us any rent, and it's great. So we're, we're really uh, at a low overhead. And uh, people bring in clothing to swap. You pay uh, $15. And you can, if you bring 10 items, you can take 10 items. Uh, if you uh, can I you know, trade a Jacqueline? Can I trade my Jacqueline Smith jeans for Versace jeans? I mean, or is it like equal value? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, is you know, Grandma's fur coat yeah. gonna go for a you know uh, no. a jean jacket? No, I bought in ten t-shirts and I I spotted a Brooks Brothers blue, uh, a navy blue Brooks Brothers um, uh, barn, barnstorm. Uh, coat and I looked it up. It was a thousand dollars. It was on sale for four hundred ninety nine. I looked it up, and I got that for my production assistant for Christmas. So I bought a lot of my swapping. Uh, I, I I swapped a lot of my presents this year, and I think a thousand dollars for five t-shirts was a good deal. Plus fifteen dollars on top of that for for paying for the swap. But um, they you don't. It's not equal value. It's it's, and they weigh the clothing, so we have probably swapped out 12,000 pounds of clothes since we've been opened up there, and uh, that, that's a great um, that's a great savings to the planet. So we've we've been able to collect 12,000 pounds of clothes, and uh, people come in all the time, and it's like Pee Wee's Playhouse up there. We have a great time, and there's a section where it's a dollar. Everything's a dollar. I get this beautiful. Um, Banana Republic jacket for a dollar, and it's just it's a great way to shop, and especially if you're in between sizes, you could swap out your clothing and get something that's a little smaller, 
for $15, you have a new wardrobe. And there's a can plethora of stuff up there, men, women, kids. Can they be, and, can they be gently worn? Like, can there be a hole in yeah. my jeans? Well, that's kind of a trend, but, I mean, can there be a hole in my sweater and I could still swap it out? You want to bring things that are gently worn and not uh, moth-eaten. Uh, it's good to bring them in clean, uh, you know. But no, it's good to know the rules, pile. you know. <laughs> but we do have a pile that goes to be shredded. So there's a new technique that the textile industry is doing where they they deconstruct the garments and shred them into fibers and then make new fabric from that. So we have um, a, a relationship with this uh, pickup service, and they pick up our old clothing because we don't check the clothes when it comes in, if they had holes or if it's stained or anything. We just take it, weigh it, here, here's your, 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 your chit, and go um, shop and go swap. And so um, we have a little aprons that say thank you for swapping with us. So it's all, um, it's very trendy and everybody loves what they get. And, you know, you just, you feel like you shop, but you, you're doing something good for the planet. You're not going out and buying something new, you, but it, to you, to your wardrobe, it is new. And I think it's a great it way to get new clothes into your wardrobe. And this is a, we should tell everyone again that this is a very big issue right now in our environment because I just heard that Massachusetts is outloading people from throwing out jeans and I think old socks because of what you were saying. So can you re reiterate that about the fact that, you know, if you think you could just throw out your old clothes, it's really detrimental to what's happening in our world today? Yes. Hashtag clothing is not garbage. Um, you know, the, the, the aspect of taking your clothes and just dumping them into the garbage, uh, people will pick up whatever they want. They put it into the sanitation uh, uh, truck. And, you know, there, a lot of things aren't recycled properly in the city. Even though we have a big recycling program, we have blue bins and, you know, bins to put plastic bottles in and composting bins and all that there's still like 90% of the things are not properly recycled because the individual has to take responsibility for that and do, do their part. And a lot of the landfill is, like I said, uh, clothing. So um, I wouldn't think of throwing a T-shirt into a, 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 a garbage bag. I mean, it's, you know, you can recycle that. You can turn it into, uh, you know, packages. You know, you can make... There's a woman who makes quilts from uh, uh, T-shirt yarn. So she just cuts and, and, and makes this yarn, and she's made these quilts, and they're beautiful. I mean, they're, they're all recycled T-shirts. And, you know, it's just a – I love it. It's so refreshing. It's such a great – you don't feel – you know how you feel like you're part of the problem? When you're doing this, you feel like you're part of the solution. And it just gives me such joy. And I love just grabbing things for my friends. I don't even swap just for me if I can't find my own size on the racks because I try and get more plus-size stuff up there. But if I don't even find my own stuff, I, I keep people in mind. And I just hand them something that's beautiful. They wouldn't even think to buy it, but it, you know, it, sometimes it has tags on it, and I, I give it to them, and they're like, you're giving this to me? And I said, yeah, and it's got a $68 tag on it, you know, I said, yeah, it came from the swap shop, you should try, you should go up there and swap it out, 
Swap. I mean, I, I give you a lot of credit, Catherine, because you've been on the sustainable fashion kick for quite a while now, way ahead of yeah. most people even thinking about it. And I just admire how much you've been leading, you know, people to be very conscientious about what they're throwing out and what it means for the next generation. Yeah. So I thank you for being on the show and explaining that tonight. Yeah. It's a community thing too. It's just like that. Divabetic is a community. It's a community. The fair trade coalition is a community of like-minded individuals. And I think, you know, just like Weight Watchers does community based behavior modification, this, we all support each other. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to talk about any, topic about sustainability until you run screaming from the room. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being part of the show tonight. We're going to uh, straight ahead. We've got Mama Rosemarie coming up with one of her healthy tips. But first, we've got some more music from Aretha Franklin and, her who, and Who's Zooming Who album. Here's Ain't Nobody Ever Loved You, courtesy of Sony Music. Late night. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I just want to start right now by thanking all my guests. It's so great to be back doing the podcast and always an honor to have my mama on the show. Hi, Mama Rosemary. How are you tonight? I'm fine. It's nice to talk to you and, and to be on the show once again. Um, it's wonderful. I'm happy and to be here. And, yeah, and hear all the familiar voices of Diva Better. We, we love yes. it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Wonderful. You know, yeah. as we age, we need to adjust our lives and our homes to suit our needs better. And you've got a tip for us to make a safer swap in our home because a lot of people do need help, and balance could be a big issue for people as they age, depending on weakness or arthritic pain in both their hips and legs. So uh, using a walker or a rollerlader could be a solution versus using a cane. Now, I know you've used a cane. I know you've used a walker, and I know you've used a rollerlader. Uh, Am I saying it right? A roller later? A roller later. What's, your, what's mm-hmm. your yeah? What's your what's your feeling on that? Well, you know, as you know, I've, I have been complaining for years that I have back trouble, and and nothing else seems to help. So I do use a cane when I go out. I'm always sure to make sure that I have a cane with me. I have an extra one in my car, always just in case. And then I also have been if I'm going. For a long walk, I take a rollerator. Now, the difference between the walker and the rollerator, to me, is walker, you have to pick it up and carry it and sort of, um, as you're walking, just keep picking it up. And it's, it moves sort of slowly. However, they do have people put tennis balls on them and so forth, so they roll a little bit easier. However, now they... As we said, all the medicines have changed and things have changed. We've got the smartphone and everything. They've come out with these rollerators, which I think are absolutely wonderful for people. I use mine in the house all the time. Um, it's great for carrying things, 
from my bedroom to the laundry room to put the dirty clothes in on the rotorator and bring it to the laundry room and then when the clothes are clean, bring them back to the bedroom and so forth. Um, it's also good if you're going for a walk. You have a chair there. You could sit down if you get tired. Um, I just can't say enough for the rollerator. I but I always want to recommend that people go to a um, good medical supply place to get it because you want to make sure that the brakes are really good. Sometimes if you buy an inexpensive one, or um, you might find that the brakes aren't as good as they should be, and you want to be careful with that. You don't want the roller radio to run away from you. The other thing, I, the other suggestion I have for the walker that I found was wonderful, that if you don't have bars in your shower, I always would bring the walker in there, and then that would be something to support me as I'm taking my shower. And all you do is when you get out, you just towel dry like you towel dry your body. So, um, but since then I have, I'll put, as you know, put bars all over my bathroom. We laugh because there's so many. I said, said maybe I have too many, and it feels like a jail cell. But I'll tell you, the bars in the um, bathroom is such a convenience. It's wonderful. So for people that are have back issues like I do, um, balance issues, so many people have those balance issues as you get older, um, I suggest the uh, bars in your bathrooms especially. I suggest the walker in your shower if you don't have the bars. And I highly recommend a rollerator for people. I, I can't say enough for it. Um, it's great. I, you're, you're on fire tonight. That was amazing. <laughs> I think the walker in the shower is like a brilliant idea. Like anyone could do that. But I know like a lot of people – fight to get a wheelchair into that, you know, sometimes you have to redo your house because the doors aren't wide enough and stuff. And so even just this idea of how you're going to do it, if they have a tub or, or, you know, today when people remodel their houses, HGTV, they just put in all those standing showers. So this is a, you know, that could be a really handy solution for a lot of people. I think it was a great tip, really great tip. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. And mentioning mentioning the, and mentioning the bars like Prison Cell is an advertisement for our <laughs> upcoming mystery podcast, which will be happening in December, in September, not December. And I can tell you right now, someone's going to be behind bars this year, but I won't tell you which of the people on this show tonight will be behind bars. But you probably have a good guess if you've listened to any of the nine podcasts we've done for our mystery podcast over the years. Amazing that this year will be number 10 for us, everybody. So, Mom, thanks for joining the show tonight and, and being a part of that and giving my, some great tips. My pleasure. Mm-hmm. So, get, you know, I, I, I see you with a rollerator. I feel much more confident that you use it. I know you have the uh, Apple Watch, too, which also helps detect falls and, and things like that, which is super helpful for people as well. So I think it's all great advice tonight. I want to thank all my guests for being on the show. I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to make sure you check us out on our DivaBetic Facebook page for that upcoming video chat with uh, Marianne and Patricia. Plus, we'll be going to the swap, the clothing swap with Catherine up in Harlem. You've got to be part of that experience as well. And check out our videos on YouTube. I've been playing some of our favorite hits from all the 
outdoor activities I've done over the years, and I think you'd enjoy seeing that. Remember, every diva has an entourage, and I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's get happy and healthy together. We're going to end with one more song. I've always loved this song from Aretha Franklin's Who's Zooming Who album. Uh, it's just one of my favorite songs. It's called Integrity, which I think is the word says it all, and I just think it's so important in today's climate that we have integrity with how we're living our lives. And I do want to take a minute before I end the show to say June is is Pride Month. I'm a um, very proud gay man, honored honored to be part of your diabetes wellness plan. So thank you so much. Enjoy uh, Pride Month. Let's listen to Aretha Franklin and uh, have a good night, everybody. Hey! 